Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss a live experience that tore apart the art world the employee side of the experiential coin, and the power of birthday cards to drive annual renewals. The Banksy, the employee, and the birthday. Oh my! There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. On a scale of 1 to 10, Dan, how much are you into street art, or more commonly known as graffiti? Is zero an option? (laughs) (laughs) I I must confess, I love you like a brother, but I had the feeling the number was going to be a little bit lower. I'm actually a fan of this genre, if you will, and find street art to be a particularly interesting world, which is why I was drawn to this week's CX Press article by Aja Romano on the website Vox. The article is titled, Banksy's Shredded Sotheby's Art Was a Rebuke of Empty Consumerism from a Master. And while that title, I must confess, is a bit wordy, the story behind this is absolutely fascinating. Well, I may not be into street art, but I certainly heard this story. And for those that might have missed it, which would be a little bit hard unless you were possibly living in a cave, an auction at Sotheby's recently drew the attention of the global media when the elusive street artist Banksy pulled off an absolutely crazy prank by somehow triggering a self-destruction device of one of his paintings. That's right. The painting called Balloon Girl started shredding itself just after it sold for $1.4 million. That's a lot of cash going through a shredder. We're going to link to a video in the show notes at experiencethisshow.com, which we highly recommend checking out this video to get the full effect. But in short, immediately after the final gavel struck, a loud beeping sound started coming from the painting's frame. And all of a sudden, the painting that had just been sold at the auction slid down through the frame, coming out the bottom of the frame, shredded. So it basically was shredding as it went, and it it stopped after about 70% of the painting had been destroyed. Now, the audience at the auction and those who've watched the video since included a healthy mix of people that were shocked, as well as a healthy mix of people that were absolutely delighted. Yeah, the looks on people's faces are just priceless. And, you know, I read later, Joey, that Banksy did not mean for it to be only 70% shredded. He actually meant for the whole thing to be shredded. Yeah, so he was a little bit irritated that it didn't work as he had planned. And yet, in some ways, it worked absolutely perfectly. 
Well, and that's the crazy thing about Banksy. If you follow his work, I'm not entirely sure that the video that he released after the fact of the test shredding where it shredded completely was more of a prank. That's the problem with dealing with kind of an anonymous, nobody knows who Banksy is, this kind of anonymous street artist whose works sell for millions of dollars. And he goes all over the world putting his street art up via stencils and spray paint. It's kind of this really interesting world that he operates in that is only compounded by how he bring comes to the table, if you will, with his showmanship. Now, what does all of this have to do with customer experience, you may be asking yourself? Well, here's where it gets interesting. The reactions to this shredded painting were absolutely fascinating. Sotheby's senior director, Alex Branzik, said... It appears we just got Banksied. Now, that refers to the fact that Banksy is known for doing these type of pranks within the art world. Ironically enough, post-shredding, the art piece is probably worth even more money than it was the moment the auction hammer went down, thanks to the viral moment that was produced worldwide via videos of this prank. In fact, the buyer, who's a female European art collector, agreed to continue with the purchase. Sotheby's gave her the chance to get out of the purchase because the art had been destroyed before she took possession. She agreed to stick with it and keep the piece. And she's quoted as saying, when the hammer came down and the work was shredded, I was at first shocked. But gradually, I began to realize that I would end up with my own piece of art history. And with this shredded art, Banksy was able to continue his longstanding practice of creating experiences. Whether it's his provocative street art or a crazy dystopian amusement park staffed with bored attendants that he opened one summer, or a thought-provoking documentary on art called Exit Through the Gift Shop, Banksy has continued to raise the bar on the experience of his work, uh, figuring out new and creative ways to have the experience of seeing his art be augmented by the experiences in which he creates his art. I mean, I definitely agree that it is worth more now. Thankfully, it wasn't completely destroyed or it may not have been worth as much. But I think that Banksy is so interesting because he's obviously on to the same thing that we've talked about in pretty much every other industry, which is that today people are looking for experiences. If you think about sort of the quote unquote, old fashioned way of viewing art. You go to this stuffy art gallery where everybody wants you to be quiet and you stare at a painting and you sort of hope that some inspiration comes to you. This is completely different, right? This is this was meant to get the masses interested, which it was completely successful in doing. And the experience is part of the art like and some of the other things i haven't seen them but some of the other things that you describe it sounds like that's something that he does pretty consistently which is that if you're not having an experience while viewing his art then you're not doing it right i agree and that that you are correct that that's basically a common thread that underlies each of his recent and i'll define recent as the last decade of artwork experiences in the sense that the best art is art that captivates you, that challenges you, that causes you to have an emotional reaction. And his art is definitely in alignment with that. And he is so counter art establishment. The fact that his art is actually selling at Sotheby's in and of itself 
is a bit of a shock. I mean, this is spray painted art that normally is on the side of a building and they have a piece that's framed selling at Sotheby's. So it's one of those interesting times where the experience, to, to your point, and as we were making earlier, actually becomes the main driving factor behind the product. There's an artist, and I believe the artist pronounces their name Zardalu. I think the artist Zardalu is quoted in the article and describes this best when the artist says, Banksy is in a unique position that he can simply release a piece of work and it goes viral. The same way Kim Kardashian can tweet a selfie and it gets more attention than the overthrow of a foreign government. But this is different. He wanted to create a viral moment, a viral video, and he obviously wanted us to ask whether the piece is now worth more or less now that it's been part of a viral moment. I absolutely love this quote because in a customer experience context, it encourages us to consider what happens when the experience becomes the product we are selling to customers and the product is the experience they are buying. We spend hours and hours nose deep in books. We believe that everything you read influences the experiences you create. So we're happy to answer our favorite question. What are you reading? Well, it's time to ask that question again to Joey Coleman. What are you reading? Ah, well, you know, Dan, as you know, there are a number of books that I read at any given time. I'm a little weird. I like to try to have two or three books going at the same time. It helps my brain to <laughs> kind of keep things in the proper places. And based on what I'm reading right now, I think there are a number of things we're going to come back to in future episodes at Experience This. But one book that I just finished reading is one that I think you all, our listeners, might enjoy as well. It's all about sex. Whoa, whoa, oh, Joey. Joey, this is ain't that kind of show, man. We're a family show. <laughs> Dan, of course I know we're a family show. No, the book is called It's All About CEX, where CEX is pronounced set. Well, you get the idea, right? Anyway, the subtitle is The Essential Guide to Customer and Employee Experience. Whew, that is definitely not where my mind was going. I was getting a little nervous there, pal. Yeah, that's okay. And I can understand why. And sorry for catching you and our listeners a little bit off guard with this one. But this book is a bit different than the usual customer experience books we review. So I thought it best to feature it in a what are you reading segment. So before we get into how it's different, tell us how you found this book about sex, Joey. Well, our <laughs> I can see I've opened a can of worms. Great. Our mutual friend, Shep Hyken, fantastic customer service, customer experience expert, introduced me to the author of the book, Jason Bradshaw. Now, Jason is the director of customer experience for Volkswagen Group Australia. And in the interest of full disclosure, I recently had the chance to speak at an event which he hosted for a series of Volkswagen dealers in Orlando. And in preparing for the event, I was doing some research on Jason and came across his book on Amazon. Now, at the time, it wasn't out yet, but after I spent some time with him at the event and realized what a fascinating personal story he had, I knew that I had to pick up this book. All right, you've got my attention. What makes this book different? Well, there are actually a lot of things that make this book different, Dan, but three in particular come to mind. Number one, the book deals with both customer experience 
and employee experience, or as Jason refers to the combined effort in his book, experience management. Now, lots of books that I know we've read, each of us, and that our listeners have read deal with either customer experience or employee experience. But there are very few books, at least that I've come across, that spend as much time tying the external customer experience to the internal employee experience. What I love about this book is Jason shows how closely the two are linked, offering story after story of how brands that focus on creating a remarkable employee experience end up getting a remarkable customer experience in the process. To quote Jason from the book, if you want to allocate resources into one area that will have the broadest and most profound impact on the success of your business at every level, focus on improving experience. Begin by focusing on the experience of your team members. When you create a more fulfilled, satisfied team of committed employees, that will translate into improvements for your customers. And in the end, you will transform your overall business in ways you never even imagined. He goes on to say that if you can focus on improving only one, focus on your employee experience because more engaged and excited employees will directly improve the experience for customers. Well, I totally agree with the premise. And I'm thinking about two things. Number one, I'm thinking about the book that we reviewed in the last episode by Denise Leone called Fusion, which was talking about employee culture and how that kind of bleeds into the external customer experience. And I'm also thinking about our last segment where you referred to one of Banksy's previous pieces of art that was the amusement park with the board employees. Because, (laughs) you know, customers see when your employees are bored. We've all had that experience where we walk up to a fast food counter and the person behind the counter, it's like you're interrupting their otherwise pleasant day. You know, like like you as a customer are, are their interruption in their day. Yeah. Forgive me for asking you to do your job and take my money. But if I can interrupt your Facebooking, Snapchatting, texting with your friends, it would be fabulous if you could help me out. For sure. And that there's no question that that immediately creates you know, an experience that is not positive and that I believe affects other aspects of the experience. I I think that that psychology will show that, you know, you won't enjoy the meal as well because as much because, you know, because you started off on the wrong foot. And so I do think that happy employees make happy customers. And there's an absolute connection there. And this goes for not just frontline employees as well, because remember that the people... Every employee has some impact on the customer experience, and they may not be customer facing. They may be working on billing processes or you know something that's really back office. But ultimately, that is going to affect the customer. And if you've got employees that hate their job or don't believe in the product or are otherwise bored or indifferent, I do think that's going to come out in the experience. I couldn't agree more. And I think all too often, people that are in a customer experience role or function when within an organization think about customer experience all the time. And they somewhat expect that everyone in the organization is also thinking about the customer experience all the time. And without trying to sound punny, in my personal experience, that's just not the case. I think most employees are going about their day-to-day jobs focusing on the job, not on the experiential outcome the customer has. And I think it's impossible to ask an employee to deliver a remarkable customer experience 
if they haven't personally had a remarkable customer experience. And so when we're asking them to do something that they have no context or no framework for, we shouldn't be surprised when it doesn't go well. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's not just that they have to have had a remarkable experience somewhere because like any other customer, they can compare experiences across companies that they've worked with. But I also think it's really important that they have an experience within their own company, right? That they've used the product or that they've gone to the website. Or I was shocked to learn that at some companies, the customer experience department that is in charge of the website support, that some of the agents don't even have access to the website. So they're responding off of a script or off of things that they've heard or history, but they've never been on the website. So how is it that they can possibly help customers? So Joey, what else was unique about the book? Well, the second unique thing I enjoyed about this book is how much Jason includes his own personal stories. Now, lots of books have the author sharing experiences they've had and relating their own personal connection to the topic. But one of the things I loved about this book is reading about Jason's evolution through entrepreneurship to handling CX for a major global brand in their Australian operations. I mean, this is a guy who goes from starting a business when he's like the youngest kid in all of Australia to have a business license, selling phones, selling computers, selling all sorts of things, and eventually ending up helping Volkswagen sell cars and create the customer experience around auto purchases. And I just thought it was really interesting to track an experienced professional's journey in their career, because I think it in many ways mirrors the, for lack of a better way of putting it, the randomness and uniqueness of the typical customer journey. All that being said, the third unique aspect of the book was a short discussion that really got my head spinning. Now, again, to quote Jason in the book, quote, Many companies are doing great work in humanizing the customer experience during times of devastation, such as financial companies forgiving loan payments when a loved one has passed away, or phone companies providing free mobile services during a natural disaster. These organizations understand that the experience they deliver will create long-lasting memories that will sustain them in a way they can feel proud of. Now, we've talked about this on the show several times, and it came up recently in a conversation that I had with the customer experience team at Comcast when they were explaining their process for rewriting the playbook for handling a hurricane scenario. They stop all bill collection efforts in the region. They roll in special services to allow communications to continue to exist. And before the hurricane hits, they actually educate people via their cable TV on how to access up-to-date weather and communicate with loved ones when the hurricane actually hits. And at the risk of, you know, an aside here, I think that with the way climate change is dramatically impacting all sorts of businesses, the way crises are starting to impact all sorts of businesses around the world, I think that the most savvy organizations are the ones that are thinking strategically about how their customer experience needs to shift in times of crisis. 
So that's what I've been reading, and I recommend you check it out as well. You can get It's All About Sex, The Essential Guide to Customer and Employee Experience on Amazon in hardcover, paperback, and ebook format. And we'll include a link to the book in the show notes at experiencethisshow.com, as well as a link to find Jason on the web and on LinkedIn. He's a great guy that I think most of our listeners, at least here in the United States, might not have heard about yet. And I think the key word in that sense is yet. So go check him out. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dan. Happy birthday to you. Uh, Joey, only one problem. It's not my birthday. Well, fair enough, fair enough. I know, but it's coming up next month, and I wanted to prove a point. And what point did you want to prove? Well, I wanted to prove the point that as we get older, birthdays aren't really celebrated nearly as much as they are when we're younger. Yeah, you're not kidding. I try to ignore my birthday and kind of hope it just passes without incident. (laughs) (laughs) I I think a lot of people do. But even if you're excited about celebrating your birthday, there's not that many people that join in in celebrating your birthday later in life than do in the early years of your life. And I think this is such a huge opportunity for personalization and something that most companies miss when they interact with their customers, especially those that they want to stay around for years and years. One industry that I think could dramatically improve in this regard is the insurance industry. (laughs) Well, and in many regards, Allow me to detail the items that the insurance... Well, no, but I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to do my best to stay calm here because I, as folks that listen to the show a lot know, I can get a little worked up on some of these things. I had a call with a fantastic new insurance agent yesterday. And I mean, this guy was incredible. He spent time explaining things to me, which was a total shocker. He made sure that I understand all of the potential coverages. We were talking about both auto and renter's insurance and how they overlap and marine policies and and talking me through several different options before promising to go get some great quotes so that I can transition to some new coverages. And in doing this, the interaction was so personal that it reminded me about a great company I came across earlier this year, you know, six, eight months ago, that helps insurance agents like the one I spoke with take this level of personalization and care and turn it into a fantastic aspect of the insurance agent's business that is more systematized and consistent. Okay, well, as much as we all want to talk about marine coverage, what does this have to do with birthdays? <laughs> so here's the thing, and I, I promise I'm going to come to the, the what it has to do He's with got birthdays. He's here, but ladies and interim, gentlemen. Just stick I've with us. I've got a point, ladies and gentlemen. Just stick with us. In the interim, I want to tell you about this amazing company, Rocket Referrals. Now, Rocket Referrals is based in the great state of Iowa. Ooh, I know a great guy that was, that was from there. I do, too. Radar O'Reilly from uh, the TV show MASH. Here's the thing. Rocket Referrals helps insurance agencies get referrals and reviews. And in the process, 
dramatically improve their retention. Now, they do this by, first of all, using analytics to review an agency's client list so they can find and then engage with their top promoters. And then they cultivate those relationships in order to get testimonials and online reviews, which, as we all know, especially in an industry that has a tendency to be very local in terms of its market, online reviews are huge. They specialize in helping businesses crack this proverbial question, what is the ideal communication with the ideal timing? And Rocket Referrals is excellent at doing this. Well, and we all know that referrals and references from other customers are some of the most credible forms of marketing. And that, you know, people, consumers believe friends and family and other customers far more than they believe a company or a CEO. So I can definitely see where this is important. But tell me where you're going with this. Now, this is where the birthdays come in. So thanks for your patience. So in many businesses, the company knows when your birthday is. Okay, they have that data for their customers. Now, with insurance, they're required to ask this in order to complete your application. So the company has a record of your birthday and you happily told them your birthday, at least the date and the year, because you needed to do this in order to get your insurance policy. Now, despite the fact that many insurance companies and other companies currently are sitting in their CRM on the customer's birthday info, do you know what the typical company does with that info, Dan? Absolutely nothing. Ding, ding, ding. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner, which drives me insane. We live in an era where after about 10 years old, birthdays are less exciting and there's fewer people involved. I mean, other than the big milestones, you know, 16, 21, 40, some of the big ones that you might have a bigger party about. But year in and year out, there isn't much hoopla around your birthday. Definitely. I mean, by the time you're an adult, you know, the only people that are giving you a birthday card are maybe a significant other, perhaps your kids and your mom with generally a begrudging signature from your dad. Exactly. And so most people in organizations have got so caught up in the digital communication that they think that a trite HBD written on your Facebook wall, and for those of you paying attention at home, that's HBD as in a sick ridiculous abbreviation of happy birthday, HBD, is enough to celebrate another year on the planet. It's absolutely pathetic. And Rocket Referrals feels the same way that I do. So what they did is they created a handwritten birthday card that is custom created for the agents they work with. And they will send this birthday card directly to that agent's customers on their behalf at the right time of year. So you upload a list of all of your clients and their birthdays. You decide what you want the birthday card and the message to look like, and Rocket Referrals sends those out like clockwork so that your customers get them the week before their birthday. Now, folks, we should at least share with you that Joey's a little bit older than I am, and so he doesn't he, he doesn't appreciate the millennial abbreviations oh, as much as I do. I like HBD. Yeah. I think HBD is awesome, but... Oh. Please, please. We, we t- folks, you, you know what you don't realize, folks? You just walked yourself into a future episode of Agree to Disagree because I think HBD on the wall, I would rather have someone not write on my Facebook wall on my birthday than write a trite HBD. You, you don't even have the time to write out happy birthday. Like how pressed for time are you that you can't write out happy birthday? But everybody writes happy birthday. Beautiful. Thank you for proving my point, sir. Don't write HBD. 
Maybe. Don't write happy birthday. Go further. Give them something of substance if you actually want to acknowledge someone's birthday. Can you imagine being in the office and walking by someone and go, hey, Dan, HBD, baby. And keep walking? I mean, come on. So I'm a little embarrassed because I'll bet if you go back to your wall on your last birthday, that's probably what I wrote. (laughs) Rest assured that I will be pulling a screenshot and putting that in the show notes if I can find it of Dan Genghis putting an HBD on my birthday. Uh, Well, I meant it with all love and respect, Joey. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. Well, anyway, long story. We could go on this for hours. But here's the deal. Rocket Referrals does an incredible job of doing this. They're bringing an analog connection in an increasingly digital world, sending a customer a physical birthday card in the mail. And they give a variety of different handwriting options. So for all those people that are like, oh, my handwriting's too bad. I could never write a personal note. Rocket Referrals has got you covered. If you have a particularly unique style of handwriting, they will turn that into a typeface. And you can use your typeface for your cards that look like they are handwritten by you. It's that little extra touch that really changes how the customers feel about their insurance agent. And as we all know, in the world of insurance, usually you sign up for a policy and then you kind of pay on that same policy until a year later when you have a conversation with your agent. They talk about what additional policies you might need or new coverages. And then ideally you re-up for another year. So they don't get a lot of in-person or frequent communication with you throughout the year. The birthday card is a nice way to surprise and delight the customer. Yeah, I love the idea. And this reminds me a little bit of an episode from last year, episode 34, back in May, where we talked about punk posts, which were those handwritten cards that people can order. Now, they didn't get all the way to the level of, you know, mimicking your handwriting, which I think is really cool. But, you know, customers and consumers in general want personal communication and they appreciate it. And I think that it's particularly useful and meaningful in an industry that's not really known for useful and meaningful touch points. I mean, you know, I think I read somewhere that 70% of insurance agents' unhappy clients say that, that the reason they're unhappy is because of poor or irregular communication from the agent. Absolutely. And when we don't communicate with our customers regularly and in a personalized, friendly way, the wheels fall off. But when we do communicate regularly and in a personalized way, the results for our business are incredible. In fact, I asked the folks at Rocket Referrals to pull some data for me. They found that their approach to retention experience creates an average ROI of over 1,500% that climbs to 1,800% after the first two years. So the more that the insurance agents implement these long-term strategies of communicating with their clients, the more their clients want to stay loyal to them. Fancy that. If you show your customers you care, they want to stay around. In fact, the birthday cards alone, mailing these birthday cards, has been shown to reduce their insurance agency clients' detractors, so the people who are not a fan of that particular agency, by 15% over a two and a half year period. So if we can reduce the number of people that are writing negative reviews or who are not fans of our brand, that actually helps our business grow, not only in terms of our impact, but in terms of our profits. You know, a former boss of mine who is now the CMO of Discover used to say something that stuck with me, which is that loyalty goes both ways. And I think that's absolutely true here is that why should you expect a customer to be loyal to a company if the company isn't loyal back? And this is a very simple way to show your loyalty to your customers. 
Absolutely. You know, friends, this is a little bit of a different segment than our usual segment in that I want to offer you something special, especially for those of you listening that are insurance agents or work in the insurance industry. And we know there's a bunch of you. If you go to www.bitly, so bit.ly slash rocket referrals. And don't worry, we'll include this link in the show notes. You can sign up for a free webinar all about the first 100 days experience that I'm going to be doing with the rocket referrals team because I just love their business and how they do customer onboarding so much. This webinar is going to be two weeks from now on Wednesday, December 5th at 12 p.m. Central. Come join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. You'll leave the webinar with all sorts of ideas on how you can enhance your customer's experience with birthday cards and other fun things too. And in the meantime, make sure to make each year count when it comes to celebrating the years your customers have been with you. Happy birthday to your customers. We've talked, you've listened. Now it's time to act. There are many things you could do to take what you've learned in this episode and implement it. But at times, that can feel overwhelming. Instead, why not just focus on three takeaways? Takeaway number one, can an experience go too far? What happens when the experience becomes the product we are selling to customers? What happens when the product is the experience our customers are buying? Every day, the bar is being raised for what it takes to create a viral experience, which calls us to consider what is truly newsworthy or experiential and what is merely a publicity stunt. If your brand is going to fully adopt an experiential approach to customer interactions, give some consideration to the fact that the bar is only going to keep being raised in the future. Takeaway number two, are you giving as much attention to the employee experience as you are to the customer experience? The best way to get your employees to deliver remarkable customer experiences is if, one, they know what a remarkable customer experience is, and two, they are familiar with having those experiences at work. To borrow some questions from Jason's book, It's All About Sex, when was the last time you asked employees for feedback on how their day was going? When was the last time you sat down with your team and defined what success, ease, and connection look like for your customers, and then explored ways that your employees could help your customers to have those types of interactions? Takeaway number three, are you making the most of birthdays? Most companies are sitting on data that would allow them to connect in a personal and meaningful way if only they got that data out of the CRM and put it into use. Take a page from the experts at Rocket Referrals. How are you using what you know about your customers to create meaningful interactions? Are you timing your requests for reviews and testimonials to come at the right place in the customer journey? Have you identified the ideal communications and the ideal timing for delivering them? And those are the three takeaways for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Experience This. We'll see you soon. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This! We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. 
Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more... Experience This.